Hi, he's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. This is Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast. We're Jason on Sunday. The Bears had a really, 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 give me a really, really ugly game. We will break it all down and talk about what we could possibly expect from Justin Fields' return coming up next on Hallis Intrigue. Jason, this was a bad one. This is probably the first bad one the Bears have had. And it is bad in so many ways that to single one thing out would be to do everything else a disservice. But I will start here. We saw what the Bears looked like without Justin Fields this year, and it was bad. They really? got a, they got a million problems. I mean, you know they have a million problems. They went into the season thinking maybe quarterback was one of their problems, and that has been one of their stronger positions because of him. And when he's out there, you can live with, hey, maybe we're probably going to give up 30 points. Right. And we don't have a great offensive line. Right. And we don't really know who we've got as far as offensive playmakers besides Darnell Mooney. You can live with all that because you've got one guy that can fix all the problems when he's at his best. I'm not saying he can do that every week, Pat. He's not at that point. But, like, he can get you to 30 points. He can run away from pressure caused by that offensive line. And he's the playmaker. Yep. He's the guy who can run for 60 yards or whatever or buy time and find somebody down the sideline. So when you don't have it, – it's it's weird to think of him as like this complete game changer for them when most of the time that they've had him, he's been trying to prove himself, and he is still trying to prove himself. But when you don't have that guy right. that can offset – that has the potential at least to offset all of your problems, then what you're left with is all of your problems. Well, you got to play – you got to play every team straight up now, and the Jets, who were so, who were so bad that they had to bench their quarterback five days ago, just manhandled the Bears when the Bears had to play them straight up without the benefit of Justin Fields, and it was it was ugly. Jason, the Bears scored were up ten seven and lost thirty one ten. Trevor Sanian got them in got them scores on their first two possessions, Pet, and uh, he had the big strike down the sideline to chase Claypool, the touchdown pass in the end to in the end zone to Byron Pringle. Now Claypool and Pringle both made the plays on those. Absolutely. Both of those balls were poorly thrown. Okay. Chase Claypool had to come back and fight through what was actually pass interference, flagged on the field to make that catch. Byron Pringle, I thought that pass was going to be picked. Mm-hmm. And he just muscled it out of the hands of uh, DJ Reed or whoever that was for right. the Jets. After that touchdown pass Can I can I read you some stuff? After that touchdown pass? Sure. Yeah. Uh, three and out. Three and out. Kneel down to end the half. Three and out. Four and out. Four and out. 13 play drive that ends in a turnover on downs. Eight play drive that ends in an interception inside the five. Those are your Bears drives. Trevor Simeon, after that touchdown pass, seven of 16 for 59 yards the rest of the way. That's not good. I do want to get into not. It doesn't really matter who played quarterback today. I mean, I don't know that they would have been any worse off with Nathan Peterman or Jay Cutler if he wanted to come out of retirement. I'm not sure that it really would have mattered. Um, but it was, it, it was weird and a little bit concerning to me how everything went down before the game. Yeah, let's walk everybody through this, and, and we'll include all the Justin Fields stuff as part of the pregame cavalcade of silliness. Um, Justin Fields' 90 minutes before the game was included on the Bears' inactives list. The Bears said they worked him out before the game, decided that uh, the three... Do you remember the three-pronged 
<laughs> Matt Eberflus test for whether or not he should play. Yes. Which is, does he feel good? Do the coaches feel good about him? And do doctors clear him? As it turns out, he passed none of those three. So he was not close to playing. Uh, the Bears decide 90 minutes before the game that he will not play. Uh, this is after a week of nonsense about this. Yes, right. And, I mean, and, they, and when they talk don't about... You think, don't you think they strung, the, strung everyone absolutely. along for no reason? They, trotted they him could have told you on Monday he wasn't going to play this game? They trotted him out with maybe an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes before... Or I'm sorry, uh, maybe 15 minutes before the 90-minute inactives deadline. They trotted him out for warm-ups. Warm-ups, I'm using air quotes, Jason. Warm-ups. It's an audio medium, but go ahead. Uh, in which he threw a couple of passes at the goal line and then would jog to the 40 and turn around and throw a couple more passes. Didn't really do much. The Bears decide after that he's not going to play, or at least that's what they say, uh, and he's inactive, which means he cannot participate. I don't know, maybe 40 minutes after that, the Bears gather up uh, the reporters who are here in scenic MetLife Stadium and say... What a funny story. Trevor Simeon, who's supposed to start for Justin, has heard his oblique. He will now not be the starter. He can back up in an emergency, but the starting quarterback is Nathan Peterman. The backup is uh, Trevor Simeon. The third stringer is David Montgomery, the running back. Nathan Peterman had thrown five passes since he was benched after the Bears beat the Bills in 2018. I asked Cole Komet after the game, what's the last time you caught a pass from Nathan Peterman in a practice? And he said, no, OTAs in May? At least he knew who that was. (laughs) So that's the quarterback that the Bears were prepared to run out there today. Someone who had essentially run scout team offense all season. Um, And maybe he does it wonderfully, but he certainly has no chemistry with with the players on the field. So that seems like trouble, right? That's not going to be good, but it's like, which bad option do you want? You and I were talking about this as it was going on. I'd rather have the guy who practiced with the first team all week. I would too, but I just am not sure how much of a difference it's going to make. And also, I think think anybody who watched the game today will tell you that Trevor Simeon is not a game-changing backup quarterback uh, and is a game manager if he had good teammates around him at best. So we're moving forward. about 45 minutes before the game, Nathan Peterman's going to start. Practice, yes. practice squad call up yesterday, uh, to a day before, Nathan Peterman's going to start this game, Pat. Right. Uh, the point I was trying to make real quick was Trevor Simeon is much, 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 much better than Nathan Peterman. Just, he is. Anyway, moving uh, on. Would they have scored negative points today <laughs> if, if Nathan Peterman had played? You know what? I, well, we'll get to that in a second. So the spoiler is that Nathan Peterman doesn't end up starting. Yeah. So yeah. So Trevor Simeon goes back inside the locker room. Uh, his ribs slash oblique are bothering him. He essentially sits down, takes some medicine. He said he was quick to say that's not a shot. Uh, it was uh, oral medication. Might have been some tums, and probably not tums. Um, and decides, all right, I think I can try and play. Goes back out, splits the snaps. With Peterman during the warm-ups right before kickoff, comes out of the tunnel. He's got the helmet. Peterman doesn't, and he's the starter. The Bears, 10 minutes before kick, come out and say, actually, guys, maybe uh, Simeon will start. And we said, yeah, we saw him warming up. (laughs) And they went, all right. So 
That's but even the, then, they were like non-committal to it. We had to wait till five minutes into the game when the Bears got the ball to see who was going to start. There were the game. full conversations on some of these NFL pregame shows uh, about whether Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon would start, and that to me is silly. Uh, I think the point spread moved about a point after the Simeon news, but not as far as you'd think it would be, or after the uh, Peterman news. Pat, I was like in disbelief, and I I kind of just blurted this out in the Trevor Simeon postgame press conference. Like, wait a minute, so you got hurt in warmups. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, I can't play. Right. And then you were like, no, wait, man. I got to play through this. I gotta Never mind. This. I'm good. And he's like, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, more or less. He said he was embarrassed. I, I think this played into it. This was a di- uh, his answer to a different question. But he said he was embarrassed to be considering not playing, I think, with this little oblique strain compared to, like, what other guys are it playing. Was a, it was a great quote. The quote was, yeah. it's week, what is it, week 12 or 13? Uh, we have guys in the locker room who are going through hell physically, and I'm going to sit out with a, a non-contact side ouchie. Uh, he didn't say side ouchie, but uh, yeah. So he plays. He's actually he's okay. He's he's not going to win them any games. But Jason, you wrote about this, and I think you're right. Uh, he he showed you how average everybody else around him was too, because without Fields there to make plays, there was really nobody to. And then it only got worse with injuries after that. Yeah, think think about other think about really good teams, Pet, with their when they have to go to a backup quarterback, when the Ravens have to go to Tyler Huntley, when a few years back the Eagles went to uh, Nick Foles in the playoffs. Can I raise my hand? Does Tyler Huntley sure. get a check every time we mention him on this podcast? Maybe he's he has come up more than he has come up disproportionately. He's come up more than Trevor Simeon or Nathan Vanderbilt has. Yeah. Continue. When the good teams go to their backup quarterback, it's it's clearly a step down. It's clearly a downgrade from their starter. There's and it's and it's a sizable one. But on good teams, the backup quarterback can come in and you can get through a game. You can survive. You can, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, you can get out of the stadium. Yep. Uh, and this isn't a good team. This isn't ready made for someone who doesn't have average or backup quarterback level talents to thrive no. in. This is a situation where. Someone who can do something better than anyone else in the league, Justin Fields, running as a quarterback. There's no one in the league that runs like him at that position. Someone like that can make something out of this. But this is not set up for somebody who uh, is just average-level talent to walk in and operate. There was no game-breaker to to get the ball to. I mean, Chase Claypool, maybe, Cole Komet once or twice. David Montgomery ran hard, but I think that impressed only me. Chase Claypool on that catch down the sideline. Yeah, that's almost as much yards as he's had his entire time with the Bears previously. Really, thirty-one yards down the sideline. He had thirty-two yards before that. Um, you met you mentioned offensive playmakers, and one of them that we need to discuss is Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson. If you thought it couldn't get worse for the Bears, those are serious injury concerns to really good players. And man, there's a short list of guys that, if they got hurt and are out long term. That's really problematic. This team's three and nine, so there's right. not a lot on the line right now. Uh, those two guys are on the list, Pet. What are there? Five, six? It's a short list, but man, you lost two of them today. And the Eddie Jackson injury, the, okay, the Darnell Mooney injury. He's blocking a player gets a player's trying to tackle David Montgomery. Montgomery slips the tackle. The player falls into Darnell Mooney's ankle. That could happen if they were playing this game on the moon. Right. The Eddie Jackson injury is really troubling because it was non-contact. He was just going down the field, I think trying to change direction, and he just crumbles and couldn't put weight on it. 
uh, foot injury, the Bears are calling it, and they ruled him out for the game immediately. That's always a bad sign. Because they will play the questionable game if at <laughs> all possible. Uh, number two, wouldn't have happened on the moon because of the way gravity works, just so we're clear. Um, the reason you bring up the non-contact injury for Eddie Jackson in the middle of the field is because the Jets have what is called a slit film artificial turf system. Without getting into detail, it's the one the union doesn't like. The union doesn't like any of them, but this is uh, public enemy number one. And this one's famous for it. Yeah, and the NFLPA has put out uh, demands to play every game on grass, which makes sense to me. Soccer teams can do it. Uh, NFL teams could probably do it. Uh, but they've also said slit film turf is evil. Uh, it happens here. This is probably the most notorious one, don't you think? This and is the one that's famous for it. This is yeah. the one that's always in the news. And then, and then followed by that, you know, it's in Minnesota and it's in Detroit. So the Bears see this stuff a lot. And it's fair to wonder whether Eddie Jackson's foot would have been injured if playing on another surface. And I realize that Bears reporters talking about fields being unacceptable um, <laughs> is probably funny to some. Right. But I, there is a the reason players prefer grass is because of the give that it has. And Soldier Field is ugly and gross and brown and bad, as it's going to be in the next six weeks probably. Uh, it's forgiving in a way that, that artificial turf rarely is. It feels unstable. Travis Gibson was saying after the game, it, you really feel it when you're trying to do two things, when you're trying to start out of a stop and when you're trying to change direction, which, guess what, is all they do the entire 60 minutes of the game. <laughs> so you have these really big concerns with Mooney and Jackson, but also potentially turf-related you saw Equinemius St. Brown with a knee at one point, or a leg injury, I believe it was. Leg injury, I'm not yep. sure, but Claypool had a leg injury. I believe that was his knee um, that they didn't report. These are not considered to be major injuries. Uh, Larry Borum had a leg injury, the right tackle. He was already in for Riley Reef, who had a shoulder injury. Um, a lot of little things. Uh, Crookshank had the hamstring, although he was dealing with that already during the week. But a lot of little injuries and and lower body injuries and some non-contact injuries and it's really troubling that like you were alluding to pet this is a solvable problem right this isn't like you know you you could plant grass and play on grass in new york it's very possible yeah yeah and the nfl has money <laughs> they have money they to do whatever they david want david montgomery said this is something we got to get the league to fix if they want guys to stop getting injured and I'm sure they would prefer guys to stop getting injured, but they, at what cost? You know, like you know, they would also prefer to just have all that money. Well, and I get back to this too. The union could have used that demand when they renegotiated their 10-year CBA. Uh, they didn't. They negotiated one right before the start of the pandemic. They got a great deal, and then since then things have come up where union leaders sit there and go, "No, we want this, and we want that, mm -hmm. and we want that," and they have to know that they had their chance to use leverage to get some of these things and they didn't get it. That doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do, but good luck getting any major corporation to do the right thing without without having leverage over it. Especially if it costs them money. The ramifications of the injuries, if and we don't know this just a couple hours of the game, we, after the game, we don't know how serious any of these injuries are to Mooney and Jackson particularly. Right. But if these are long-term injuries, if we're talking anything like a torn Achilles or something like that. I mean, that, that is a huge problem that will bleed into next season. Yeah. Oh, and Achilles is this is the most violent, <laughs> the most violent sport I've ever covered. 
and the Achilles is the one nobody wants. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. That would bleed into next season. Even if it's a severely sprained ankle on Mooney, let's just call it that, or a high ankle sprain. That's that's out for the year. I mean, we got six weeks left. Here. Yeah, and that's problematic for Justin Fields. He needs all the help he can get out there as he continues to try to develop, particularly as a passer. There, the locker room after the game today was as funereal as there has been all season. I think part of it is those injuries. Part of it, I think, is you know them just playing a total bummer of a game. But you know, the other thing too is this is a team that doesn't get blown out. The last three losses they had were by seven points. They lost by 20 to Dallas, but you know what? <laughs> they put on a show in Dallas offensively, and I think everybody walked out of there at least encouraged. This is the first time I can really remember since that Packer game at Lambeau Field where everybody was just kind of over it. Yeah. And that is that portends a long final six weeks of the season. Yeah, Pat Fields is the only thing standing in the way of that. Yeah, right. Because their defense has been stripped down. They stri- strip for parts. Mm-hmm. Like, they traded Roquan Smith. They traded Robert Quinn. They play today without the two promising rookies, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. And That's a very important detail today, by the way. And, you know, I'm sure it'll get lost in the other, in the other stuff. But, I mean, their top two picks from this year uh, didn't play today. Their top, you know, their top pick from the year before didn't play today. Um, there's not a lot of young, high-pedigree talent on this team to begin with because of the trades that Ryan Pace made, and you need as many of those out there on the field showing you what they can do. Yeah. So the defense is not what it was early in the season when there were concerns then, too. Mm-hmm. Now it's giving up 30 points regularly. You can count on that. And their offense is still limited. Their offense is still very limited. The one thing that has been the total difference maker for them has been fields running. Right. And Trevor Simeon, I, guess what? Doesn't have that. He's not. A, he had, I think, uh, like what four carries for eight yards or something like that. Who today? on the planet does have that? that that's so the thing. when you don't have that, these blowouts are bound to happen. The thing that was stopping these blowouts before was the defense was a little better when they had Quinn and Smith and Fields uh, more in the middle part of the season was giving them the possibility that they could score thirty in a given week. Sure. But now look where we're at. Defense has been stripped down, and Fields isn't here. Like, I would expect every game to go something like this as long as those are the circumstances. The quarterback today was Mike White for the New York Jets. He replaced Zach Wilson this week because Zach Wilson managed two yards of total offense uh, in the second half against their or in their loss to the Patriots last week. Mike White, Jason, went 22 for 28 for 315 yards, three touchdowns, one sack. The Bears' defensive line got a sack, by the way. Congratulations to them and their families. And a passer rating of... 143.2. 143.2 for Mike White, who had not started a game in a year. That's 11 yards per throw. Yeah. Drop back, 11 yards. Uh, uh, While getting five yards of carry on the ground. Trevor Simeon, by my crude uh, division in my head, averaged five yards per <laughs> So they made Mike White look like Job Namath, and the quarterbacks remaining on their schedule are... Um, the, the walking corpse of Aaron Rodgers, uh, the bye week quarterback who's going to be the easiest one they face, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Josh Allen, uh, Kirk Cousins, and uh, and Jason Goff, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. Sorry, Jason Goff. Jason Goff could have played today. Uh, I mean, this is going to be. I mean, are the Bears? How about this? The Bears gave up thirty-one today. 
Do you think they give up less than 31 uh, at any point the rest no, of the season? No, Pat, we, you and I have talked about this for a month. Every team has to be looking forward to this. Like, when, you, when you're, uh, if you're a Bears fan and you're sitting here and being like, ooh, we play the Lions, ooh, we play the Texans, ooh, we play this team we think we can beat. Every team, especially their offense, looks at the Bears that way. They see the Bears on the schedule like, Pat, that's when that's the week we're going to get right. The, the Jets' dysfunction this week was a national story. They it was maybe they should have left the kid in. They should have let Wilson play because he probably have been all right. Well, that's the thing is, I, I think it got to a point where they didn't want him to save himself anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been yeah. It's you know it is letting. Do you remember uh, late in the baseball season when? Uh, the Cardinals had Albert Pujols pinch hit against uh, the Cubs when the Cubs had an outfielder pitching. Yes. And uh, God bless Fran Mil Reyes. He hit Albert Pujols. Uh, but it's like that. You, <laughs> If there's an outfielder pitching, let your guy take a big swing. The Bears defense is an outfielder pitching, and everybody who faces them are, are going to come away fatter and happier than they were when they got here. And that's not changing. There is no help on the way. No, absolutely. I not. mean, the, the two rookies will get bet, will probably be back next week against Green Bay, but even with them, there is not a, a collective defense here, personnel-wise. Matt Eberflus was saying after the game, no excuses, no explanations. No, there are excuses and explanations, which are that you've traded away the best defensive players that you inherited mm-hmm. for draft picks, including Khalil Mack, and that's what you had to do. Yep, and now you've got to wear it, and. What is starting to concern me about all of this, particularly on defense, is they have so many holes to fill that I wonder if it's a little presumptuous to sit there and say they can fix it this offseason because they have the most cap space in the NFL, because they have, you know, uh, their first round pick for only what, the second time in and it's, five right years. Right now it's going to be the third pick. There may be pick. too many holes to fill, even with that kind of wealth of resources that they have. And if so, I mean, if you're Ryan Pulse, you're sitting here going, okay, you know, let's, maybe we get to nine and eight next year, and then you know, the year after that, maybe we can contend for a playoff spot. I, I just don't know. I mean, you need to bring in an almost an entirely new front seven, right? You need to bring in, you know, two or three new alignment. Minimum. Yeah, uh, another running back, another wide receiver, if not three. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just I just listed ten guys right there, and and a lot of these are going to be expensive, and you know, or expensive whether you're using them or whether it's draft capital or money capital. Yeah, and I think that if you, the timeline that we're talking about, if they're just okay next year, I just don't think that was the timeline that they had in mind. And I mean, how many GMs? get more than three years to show this is very clearly headed toward competing for a championship. Well, and what would concern me would be if they're just okay next year, then Justin Fields is going into the last year of his deal. You could tag him or you could give him the fifth year option. I get that. But you need Justin Fields on a cheap contract with good players around him. Yeah. That's how this that's how this works. It, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in 2023 and 24 and we don't know like who they'll get or not get, but is the essence of what you're saying right now that you feel they're behind schedule at the moment? Is that I, what you're getting at? I don't know that they're at, behind or? schedule. I think that I think that we need to be careful in the way we frame their needs this offseason and that I think we need to presume that they have more needs than they can fill. Because right now you're looking defensively at what? Maybe Jack Sanborn and then six out of the seven front seven guys you got to replace? I mean, Justin Jones is good. 
Is that, I mean... The upside is, as they plummet, uh, record-wise, their draft pick gets higher, and we, we don't think they'll be looking for a quarterback with that pick. Yeah. If you're looking for a quarterback, you need to pick as high as possible. Right. It makes a huge difference picking second versus third right. if you're looking for a quarterback. If you're not, though, you can probably trade out of that and get a bunch of later picks. That's the dream. Yeah. I think that's what you – if you don't need a quarterback, you can do that. Right. And we've seen teams that, didn't, that had a high pick but didn't need a quarterback, and that is what they did. I don't think the Bears need a quarterback. And in that sense, it's really good news. But I do think you need to run a very specific offense for Justin Fields. And finding players that fit that very specific need, I think, is going to be a challenge. And I think it's probably too big a challenge to fix in one offseason. And it's very possible that they need an entire new starting offensive line in their minds. Like Just because they drafted Braxton, Braxton Jones doesn't mean, and he's playing every game, this doesn't mean he's their left tackle of the future. They can easily upgrade from that if they feel they need to. Kudos to Jason's subconscious for almost saying former Ohio State quarterback Braxton he, Miller. Is he the most famous Braxton? Because I say that all the time. I almost always call that guy Braxton Miller all the time. I think the most famous Braxtons are the five Braxton sisters from Braxton Family Values. Tony Braxton. And also from music. Yes. Um, real quick, do you think Justin Fields is going to play against the Packers? It was a question asked of Matt Eberflus today, and he uh, gave a nothing answer, so uh, I hope you will give me a something answer. Yeah, I think he will. Okay, why? Well, I don't think he was that far off of being able to play, and I don't believe them that th- where they're at in the standings was a f- was a non-factor in this decision. I think if instead of being three and nine, Pat, they were eight and three going into this game and needed it, and were playing, you know, a, a Green Bay this week or something like that, I think he would have gutted it out. And played. I'm not saying that that is what's right to do, but I I do think that that's what they would have done, and so I expect him to. I, I don't think he'll miss another game. There is a temptation, I would imagine, to sit him one more week and then give him the bye week off, and then come back with four games to play against three really good teams mm-hmm. and one pretty okay team, and say, okay, you're healthy. Let's see what you can do to close the season out. But, like you mentioned before, the Packers might be the last chance they have to win a game. And if they really want to win that game, uh, this would be the time to play them. Yeah, and I also wouldn't underestimate that the guy wants to play. All these guys want to play. Sure. Because their job is to play. Right. It's it's one thing for us to sit here and be like, yeah, just hold them out. Like, right. they don't like missing games, mm-hmm. especially the really good players. I think all of Bears fandom... Uh, would be thrilled if this week, regardless of whether he plays against the Packers, uh, whether it doesn't turn into... Uh, I don't think anybody wants a repeat of what we had last week in which the Bears do this cloak and dagger stuff. Um, and I, I know fans who were annoyed by it. and uh, The Bears want this. Matt Eberflus loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't hear him voice any issue with this. Yeah, we'll see. But the minute he's a full participant in practice, the jig is up, right? I guess, yeah, I suppose, yeah. We'll see, unless they change practices to walkthroughs again, which is... You got, people need to understand, too, they can't lie about that. That's the one thing that you can count on being true is if you lie about the injury report, the NFL will review the tape. I mean, if there's any kind of allegation of anything, like they can catch you for that, and you can lose draft picks or be fined or whatever. Take it from this former Miami Dolphins beat writer. Right. <laughs> yes. Jason's limp It was back. against the Bears. It was Brock Osweiler and Ryan Tannehill against the Bears back in 2018. That was the game. It was so hot that like players were in danger of passing out on the sideline. <laughs> Not in the shade, it wasn't. And shockingly, the Dolphins' sideline is in. 
That's, that's good architecture right there. The, man. the shade. Uh, that'll do it from here, Jason. We will talk later this week about uh, Justin Fields, the Bears, various and sundry injuries, and all sorts of other stuff. Until then, you can follow Jason, myself, and Mark Potash on Twitter. Check us out on the Sun Times website and in print. And please like, rate, and review the podcast. He's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.